Blog Talk Radio. Welcome you back to our show this week. We trust that you have had a good holiday. And we just uh, want to say we hope you are enjoying our podcast. And we appreciate that we are getting feedback from different ones. We want to remind everyone to send us an email at james at jjmediaonline.net or go to our website jjmediaonline.net and contact us. Um, we also have our podcast on one of our on our tabs of our website. Go to jjmediaonline.net and uh, click on the JJ Media Podcast tab, or you can go to blogtalkradio.com/jjmedia, and that will be our show page through Blog Talk Radio. So today, our show will include info about Fitbit sleep amount, how much uh, people who have Fitbits are sleeping. Uh, Toyota has a robot for households they're working on. And Sony is bringing back vinyl records. That's that's kind of interesting uh, to, to hear. There's a lot of stuff happening in the recording industry, and it's almost like it's going back retro. And then our church news. Uh, we have some kind of cool info, uh, maybe some churches want to do um, to stream the their uh, services. Some are already doing it. Um, so, it, we want to remind you, if you are a church or ministry that needs promotion, we can help. Um, JJ Media can help you out, and uh, we have several different processes that we can do. And one of the things is using Facebook. Um, we trust everyone. Again, had a happy fourth, and uh, of course we were gone to a convention, couldn't do our, our show, so um, that's the reason why we didn't have it last week. Um, but we want to remind you, again, email james at jjmediaonline.net if you desire to sponsor our show or have any questions. We will, um, once we start getting enough feedback, we will start having the email bag and uh, taking info and doing a, a section of our broadcast from the emails. So let's get on to our show this week. And again, thank you for joining. And so let's jump over and talk about how much Fitbit users sleep. And again, reminding you, all the links to our our um, articles that we're looking at are in our show notes. That way you can follow right along or see what we're talking about. Um, how many of you use the Fitbit to track your sleep and uh, you can find out how many Z's uh, stack up against the norm 
and uh, you can find out just how good you are sleeping. And uh, I know that I have family members that have it. I don't have it, um, but but uh, Fitbit released sleep statistics based on aggregated and anonymous data from millions of users from April 8th to the 17th. The average Fitbit user is in bed by 11.36 and sleeps 6 hours and 38 minutes. That includes 1 hour and 37 minutes of uh, the REM sleep, 3 hours and 55 minutes of light sleep, and 1 hour and 7 minutes of deep sleep. And the average uh, Fitbit users wake up at 7.17 a.m. Kind of... I mean, just kind of random info, but it's kind of kind of interesting. Uh, but but uh, based on all these results, it seems that people need more sleep, um, and they give suggestions on how to uh, you need to to try to get extra extra sleep. Uh, there is an interesting part of this study that women um, typically get 25 more minutes of sleep each night compared to men. There were also generational gaps. Generation Z uh, Fitbit fans go to bed the latest but sleep the longest while baby boomers get the least amount of sleep. In general, um, they recommend keeping a consistent sleep schedule aiming in between seven to eight hours of shut eye a night and uh, consider going to bed earlier. Um, sleeping five hours or less a night to them is a big no no um so that's that's a little little interesting um kind of <laughs> kind of funny um we live in a world now that of course we stay up late we're on our computers we're on our phones um and we end up uh we're we are getting more production done sometimes through the day or into the night much more than you know years years ago because we have uh, devices every in all of our rooms um that we can you know the sad part of it is we can work almost uh 24/7 because we have devices on us with us everything um it's just it's just too easy now to get stuff done. So the Fitbit sleep. All right, let's jump on over. An interesting part of what Toyota is jumping into. Toyota now has a robot that can help disabled people around the house. Um, like the rest of the automotive industry, Toyota is beginning to think past traditional automobile and focus on mobility. And with that, the company has shown off its human support robot, or in short, the, the ASR. Um, and they use this, uh, using this, testing it with a U.S. war veteran in his home. The ASR is a part of a number of projects Toyota is working on to aid mobility for those who have impaired functions. The at-home test, at, and uh, of course they say it's the first of its kind, was done with the help of uh, this gentleman, Romulo Romy Carmago, who suffered injuries in Afghanistan that caused him to become paralyzed from the neck down. 
The robot contains wheels and has visual sensors along with an arm that can do tasks for those it, it is helping like handling doorknobs or grasping objects. Uh, it is also, also has the ability to make video calls and has been used in Japanese hospitals to help with the country's uh, population. And uh, talking of uh, video and, and calls, I know uh, it was three, uh, three years ago or so, uh, um, my business, uh, my son and I uh, were in business as partners. We, we went out to the Las Vegas um, CES, the biggest uh, computer electronics show in the world. And, uh, of course, uh, out in Las Vegas, there are all these grand events, and this was a huge... We never did get through through all of it. It's a three-day three day show, and we never got through all the convention halls. It was huge. Um, there were rooms, like, like Samsung had a, had a, uh, a huge uh, display, uh, probably 3,200 uh, square feet, um, huge... You know, 30 feet high displays, and and uh, um, it, it was it was unreal the the size of exhibits. I, I'm saying all that to say they had robots there. This was four, um, actually no, three years ago. Um, they had robots there that were roaming through the crowd. And they'd come up to you, and there's a screen there, and they would talk to you, and they'd ask you a question, and want want you to uh, carry on a conversation. But they did have someone. This was in Las Vegas. They had, did have people in uh, California that was on the other end that you could talk to. But also, they had in the tech pavilion, they had robots giving demonstrations completely on their own um in fact i remember standing there one it, it looked like a female robot you could slightly tell um it was a robot but it was it was so cool it gave the complete demonstration as as a human so so uh robots are becoming more uh prevalent um so you know toyota is is keeping up with the times all right, this next uh, this next article is something that you who are older, and this kind of intrigues me um, a little bit. Sony is restarting production of vinyl records. This really intrigues me. I remember going through my parents' records and and uh, I mean all these old vinyls, and we thought, man, when you know then the cassette tape. Uh, came out or actually the eight track and then the, that didn't stay around very long and then the cassette tape came out and was oh man this is you know this is it well well when the digital industry totally uh it totally changed the the whole industry and of course now we carry more on our phones than what we what we had in our first computers um but but uh, contrary to what the children of baby boomers believe, might believe, vinyl records are far from extinct. In fact, they're popular enough in Japan that Sony is preparing to restart mass production after nearly 30 years. A Sony factory near Tokyo will start churning out vinyl in March 2018. The company 
has already installed record cutting equipment at a record at a recording studio in Tokyo, Tokyo, which will cut master copies before they're sent to the factory for mass production. The initial albums will contain mostly older Japanese music, but could expand to include today's hit songs, which Japanese youth are increasingly searching for on vinyl, according to Sony. A lot of young people buy songs that they hear and love on streaming services. The company is searching for retired record engineers to advise its new record-making venture. Japan currently has one active record manufacturer that makes limited qualities of new releases, but it often cannot keep up with demand. Nearly 800,000 vinyl records were sold in Japan last year. That's, that, that's amazing. And that is an eight-fold increase from 2010. Situation is similar in other developed countries, including Britain, where revenues of vinyl sales briefly surpassed digital downloads. In the U.S., revenue from sales of vinyl records was up 32% in 2015. So it's it's really really interesting. Um, I heard the other day on an interview. In fact, I say the other day. It's been a a couple months, um, I heard on an interview that digital, the record companies now are realizing that that the generation of today either wants digital or vinyl. Those are the two only two options. And uh, the vinyl, because the old, it's the retro is kind of in, and yet not only the music, but also the covers on the records, the artwork and the graphics on the records are a big attraction to the youth of today. So it's either if you're uh, doing any music or yeah, even even eventually this will even trickle down to probably churches and, and a ministry, uh, music ministries, um, vinyl is is coming back. It's hard to believe, but it truly is. So um, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because I live in the digital world, but we need to get prepared and uh, stay stay aware of what's happening in the tech world. Thank you for again joining our our show today. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors, and we will be right back. Be in a hotel room. So. Um, that is one thing that is it's kind of cool. Um, if you if you travel much and um, you do much presentations, um, go ahead and check it out. Um, it's something that, in fact, I'm. It's something that uh, I've needed for a long time. I don't travel as much as what I used to, but many times you need condensed um, technology. And it's a it's an easy way to take care of your technology quickly, and it's very very small. But some gadgets for your next business trip. So I want to remind you again: next week we will not be having a show July 4th. Um, so we do wish you a a, a 
a great July 4th. Hope you have a great holiday. Celebrate the freedom of our uh, country. Um, man, I am an American and proud of it. And uh, just tr- trust you enjoy it. So we're going to take a break, listen to our sponsors, and then we will be back with our ministry tech tips. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back with you. Hey, my name is Joey. I don't enjoy mowing our yard at all. So, if you're like my family, there doesn't seem to be much time to keep the lawn mowed. That is why we use Peter's Lawn Services. If you are looking for a quality company and live in the Hope Sound, Florida area, call them today at 740-710-2031. Skin care is something that many women get confused with. If you are wanting a quality skincare experience and get it at an affordable price, then call Linda. Linda has over 40 years of experience. Call 772-286-8540 or order directly from the website at lindalevel.com. Living in South Florida, there are many harsh elements that destroy your roof. Try-in roofing located in Hobe Sound, Florida can help eliminate the problem. Call them at 772-283-ROOF to get a roof repair or to get that much needed new roof. That is 772-283-ROOF. Call them today. And we are back and we want to thank our sponsors again. Please, please, if you live in the local Hope Sound uh, Florida area, or if you're interested in um, in any of their products, please click the links below um, in our show notes and uh, call our sponsors, get a hold of them, and they can help you out. Um, now, we live in a techie world, and we live in a world that that everything you can do everything from your phone and computer. So we brought up an article here of the mobile giving and you if you think of churches um, you know churches have are so it's so common writing a check for your tithes writing a check for your giving writing a check uh, to a church um, for you know whatever um, well there are some questions living in the world we live in today you can sit in church right now and from your phone go ahead and donate to your church uh, you know through uh, PayPal which I would highly 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 can I say it enough highly recommend PayPal it's the most secure out there some of these third third uh, party they're they're horrible um, they are not secure um, it's it is uh, PayPal has been around it's the granddaddy. Go PayPal. If you're a church, if you're a ministry, go PayPal. That's what people are going for. That's what they like. Um, I'm just telling you. Um, all right, but churches are becoming more aware of the importance of mobile tech. Everywhere you look, mobile has become a core part of the broader church technology discussion. And this article talks about the seven most common questions about mobile giving from church members and it's a very very well um, should be 
uh, asking about this because this is an important part. We live in a world that there are hacks all over the place and your information uh, can be taken so easily. So question one, is my information secure? After all the, the credit card personal information breaches such as Home Depot, Target, etc., which who do they have? The, the, uh, they have these third-party um, apps or the third-party such as Authorize.net, um, some of these mobile giving giving sites. These are third-party and are these department stores have been hacked. That's why I, I am highly suggesting PayPal. PayPal will take care of you. Um, but they want to make sure, is my information secure? It's easy to understand why church members want to know more about their personal information and security. And you likely have the same concerns when sharing your banking or credit card information. And uh, they say check with your mobile giving provider to ensure their solution for is compliant with credit card information. So that's a very important uh, question. Number two, what if I type in the wrong amount? Uh, you know, you, you know, some people they give, uh, they will give a hundred dollars when they meant to give ten, or five hundred when they meant to give fifty, um, and they talk of a mobile giving app will have an administrative interface for church staff staff that allows those administrators to issue refunds, which PayPal offers that. Um, uh, number three, will I receive confirmation that my gift went through? It's obvious these days. Um, some will ask about receiving an email receipt. That's the common thing. Number four, will gifts made via mobile app show up on my end of year gift statement? The simple question, uh, the simple answer to this question should be yes. A mobile giving solution should provide you with an auto-generated auto end-of-year giving statements for each donor, uh, integrate your church management software in order to push over gift data in real time, and make it simple uh, to export the giving data by an individual for a given time frame. Question 5. What will appear on my bank account or credit card statement? Um, of course, donors look at this and they keep track of uh, of where their giving is going, um, and they talk of maybe the church's name or um, to appear on a credit card statement. Number six, can I set up and cancel my recurring giving? Recurring giving done with a mobile fundraising app is a huge benefit to churches, but many will use this feature if it's simple for people to activate and configure to their preferred schedule. That's very important. And number seven, can I see my giving history? Donors prefer to have access to their donor history in order to see their faithfulness throughout the year. So these are some things you, you might want to think of if uh, as your church comes into this generation. All right, we're going to end this show on a very important part, and I, want, I saved this till last because uh, a lot of churches are getting into streaming their services, and uh, one of the ways to stream your service, one of the most simplest ways to stream your service is using Facebook Live. And if you've listened to my episodes very long, uh, you know I am a huge, huge, huge Facebook fan. That's where 
everything's going. Facebook is staying at the forefront. So, um, it, the article talks of, in the old days, churches used to buy time on a local TV or radio station to extend their reach electronically. But today, you can stream your services. Um, Facebook Live, you can stream from a phone. That's A lot of people do it. Um, but I, I'm not going to go through all this article because there's a lot of info. But I'm, I'm uh, encouraging you to click on the link, the last link under Church uh, Tech on the show notes because it gives a step-by-step process showing you um, what is going on and how to, how to do it and has links to instructionals. Um, but but uh, if you're a church that is looking for a way to reach out into your community. And uh, first of all, if you don't have a Facebook page, you better get on board. That's where people are going. Uh, Facebook is the app or the social media to to have. It's imperative. Between Facebook and Twitter are the two important um, social outlets to have of course you can have linkedin it's linkedin's trying to kind of play and catch up and of course uh, facebook owns instagram that's for uh, pictures and they do short videos now too but but the thing about facebook and twitter the links say you drop your website link or this is a little seo search engine optimization facebook takes priority twitter takes priority the links that you drop in, like to your church website, that helps your SEO presence. And then Facebook Live, Facebook Live creates priority. It's it ranks high. And uh, when you start a Facebook feed, it automatically a live feed. It notifies all of your followers that it's a that you're on live, and it's a up in the upper right-hand corner, it's an auto thing, and it's really, really cool. But um, this article talks about the simplest and cheapest way to stream your worship service live to Facebook is to use your smartphone. It costs nothing except the price of the phone, the Internet connection in the building while you're streaming along with a reliable Wi-Fi router. And, of course, they show you how to do it on this on this page, how to go go live. They do give uh, tips, make the title something descriptive, um, maybe it's a special service or, or whatever, add filters and stickers, uh, Facebook offers them as options, uh, they're fun for video for your friends, hold the phone in landscape orientation, this means hold it so it's wide not tall, videos in landscape look more like a TV shows and then amateur social media videos um, use an external uh, microphone if possible get a good external microphone get a phone tripod and you can buy a decent holder tripod for the phone pretty pretty inexpensive uh, and then if you're doing it live streaming from a computer um, the most up-to-date um, some had used wirecast well there's a new uh, option free option called OBS Studio. Um, it's a very good. It, it takes a little tech to to get used to it, but it's it is very good and it works very well. So 
go ahead and click on this article and uh, learn learn from it. Um, they have some videos on here to that you can learn from. They have some suggestions for uh, cameras um, and just different little things. This to me is a really really good good article. It, it helps the small church to maybe branch out in ways that you possibly couldn't before. So thank you for taking time to listen to our show today. Again, email james at jjmediaonline.net or go to our website, jjmediaonline.net. Find out more about us, and um, we can help you out if you need a promotion. Thank you again, and take a look at our sponsors. Call them if you need their services. We hope, again, you had a good, you had a good 4th of July. We wish you a good week, and we look forward to seeing you, not seeing you, but you listening to our next episode. Have a good week.